0: Coffee on Sundays after the church services on a rotational basis. I immediately said yes. I felt so empowered and wonderful serving. Now I have been serving our words for the past three years. I had my baptism lessons and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. On April 15, 2018, I became water baptized by Pastors Jacob and Melissa Hill at Sorrento Beach with my best friend Susan, who was so influential in me becoming a Christian in front of our family, friends and members of Everyday Church. It was one of the best days of my life. I knew I was ready, but on the actual morning I became extremely nervous. I did not back out. (laughs) The feeling after being water baptised was so incredible and so amazing. I felt absolute elation. In December 2015, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Believing in, talking to and worshipping God I just feel so happy and so much lighter. I believe God put me through that time for the best, for reasons he knew, and I truly believe he helped me overcome the depression and the level of anxiety I had. I hadn't felt clearer in mind and spirit for quite some time. In such a short space of time, I believed in God, was a regular church member, served at church and was baptised. I was so happy and joyful, I felt fantastic. Since becoming a regular church member and being baptised, I've made many new friendships and have a relationship with God. I love going to church and worshipping and serving. I am so happy at everyday church. Pastor Melissa Hill has told me that I am a little pocket rocket that encourages and empowers people. I have grown so much spiritually. Since 2018, I have joined a couple of growth groups and become a regular serving member. I want to be even more involved in the church and to grow even more. Before I go, I'd like to thank God for allowing me to have him in my life. My best friend for introducing me to Everyday Church. Pastors Jacob and Melissa Hill for welcoming me into Everyday Church and being wonderful, caring pastors and friends. And last but not least, to all the wonderful, amazing members of Everyday Church who are like family. Thank you and God bless.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mel. It takes a lot of courage to come up here and share your testimony, but it was absolutely incredible. Uh, the power of God, hey, to do uh, something in, in people's lives and also the power of invitation, just people reaching out and inviting someone to church and just seeing what, what God's done in your life. Mel is absolutely incredible. Uh, Mel's actually heading, headed down to... Um, we're just pumping up the uh, portable spa here. Um, Mel, myself and Di and Craig Bailey, we're heading down to Adult and Teen Challenge uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, so pray for us as we minister and, and hopefully be a blessing. I'm sure we will. Uh, to the staff and the students down at Adult and Teen Challenge, so we're really looking forward to it. That's such a good time to do that, praise Jesus. Um, Okay, now, I've honoured Emma, so I've already given you uh, your gift, so I just want to say thank you so much to the incredible work that you do and lead the team Um, and your just commitment, your hard work, your dedication, and it's a lot. Um, and I know you've got your own family you have a full-time job um, and so I just want to say thank you so much both on behalf of myself and Jacob and the rest of Everyday Church so thank you put your hands together again for Emma (laughs) we also have um, our music director Daniel Anthony who's absolutely incredible come forward Dan Um, He just continues to serve week in, week out, through sickness, through just everything. And so you're such a blessing to both myself and Jacob and the rest of the church. And we're so appreciative. So I just want to say thank you. That is for you. Be blessed and praise Jesus. Keep going. Strong in God. Amen. Amen. And then I would like to um, honour Margaret. She'll be in the kitchen or out the back cooking Snaggers perhaps. Is she around? Yeah, if we can grab Margaret. um, That'll be amazing. Um, I asked Margaret if she could uh, oversee our catering team for the interim for about three months and I think it's a year later and and she's still doing it. (laughs) Praise Jesus. If there's anyone out there, we're waiting for you. (laughs) Um, But she's done it so graciously and, uh, and she'll come here in a minute. While we're doing that, I just want to thank all our volunteers. We couldn't do what we do without you guys. We couldn't run the church. We couldn't, you know, just from our set-up and pack-down team um, to our catering team. Here she is. Put your hands together (coughs) for Margaret. I was just telling them how amazing you are. So we just want to say thank you. You're absolutely incredible and you're such a blessing to us here at Everyday Church. That's for you. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Oh gosh, I've got a little cough happening here. Okay, where was I? Awards. You ready? Here we go. Thank you. Cheers. The Mr. Incredible Award. (coughs) Is he pie presented to Craig Bailey? (laughs) for being strong and reliable across the board. And you've been absolutely incredible this morning as well, so thank you so much. Praise God for you. (laughs) Next award is presented to the Elastigirl. The Elastigirl Award is hereby presented to Paula Omotosho. For stretching and stepping out of her comfort zone to pursue her call from God. You're amazing and we love you. Thank you. The next award is the Rookie of the Year Award. Is he by presented to... Uh, sorry, my throat, like I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, I can't. <laughs> sorry. <coughs> I might need to get you to do it if you don't mind. Sorry, guys.
2: All right. I promise the judges have not been influenced in any way in deciding the rookie of the year. Is presented to Ethan Hill for having a fantastic attitude while learning all things production. All right. Good to go. All right.
1: All right, here we go. The Bloom Award is hereby presented to Julia Lee for her growth this year as she has committed to serving God. That's you, Julia. You can come by yourself. Your twin is not coming up with you today. Congratulations and thank you so much for all that you do. We appreciate you so much. Praise God. The next award is the Heart of Worship Award it is hereby presented to Daisy Anthony for making all of her service worship. Thank you so much, Daisy. We appreciate you serving on our kids' Min team and on our worship team. It hasn't gone over our heads, so we appreciate it. Awesome. Um, Hopefully, maybe they've had sickness in their house this week, because I know we have, Um, but this person isn't here, Um, but this is the Let Your Light Shine Award is hereby presented to Karen Slater. Karen, if you're watching for shining her light and doing an incredible work within our community and beyond. So that goes to Karen Slater. And then last but not least, <coughs> the volunteer of the year award. That's it. Is hereby presented to Kirsty Lee. Come on Kirsty. selflessly serving god with energy passionate love passion passion love (laughs) and commitment something like that anyway praise jesus you're amazing and we love you you. and you're always there and this is a gift for you as well yeah bless you thank you jesus amen fantastic buckia saved me (laughs) we're gonna go into our oh no hang on a minute the rest of our volunteers i don't know if i said it before but I was saying it and then I think I started coughing or Margaret came out, I'm not sure. But we really do appreciate all of you guys and again, we couldn't, run church without you guys from our setup to our pack down to our kids men to our catering to our welcome team and our worship team and everything in between you guys make church happen and we couldn't do what we do without you guys so thank you so much to every single volunteer put your hands together and we do have a gift for, for every volunteer as well so we will hand those out or you can grab it yourself a little bit later we're going to go into our giving this morning thank you Buckia.
3: thanks pastor bell all right, we're just praying for our giving to this morning. So um, let's pray together, shall we? As the, um, There's ways to give on the back of the screen, um, but we're going to give this morning because it's an opportunity to continue to worship God as we give into the kingdom of God. Amen. Lord, we just thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have to tithe and to give our offering, God, this morning. We thank you, God, that your hand is upon it and that it is going to be fruitful in the kingdom and for the kingdom. Father, we thank you that it is an opportunity for our hearts to be more connected with you. So we just thank you for uh, the giving this morning. I pray that you would bless every person here, that you would bless their finances, God, in every situation. And we thank you, Lord, for your gift, God, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as the buckets are going around, I'm just going to quickly go through some announcements. So, we have our No Limits hampers, and the last Sunday to give into that is next Sunday. So, if you can bring um, something to pop into a hamper, um, that would be amazing, Um, and then we would be able to give it to uh, the No Limits um, organization, um, and that's going to be amazing as we uh, partner with them as a church together. Uh, We have next week. That is next week, correct? Wow, December already. Oh my goodness. Um, Guest speaker. We have Pastor Steve Wallace, who is from Hope of God Church in Esperance. We're so blessed and excited to have him come down and speak to us. It's going to be an amazing morning. So make sure you're here, but also make sure you invite someone because no doubt that invitation will be a blessing to them. and our Christmas event is events is coming up, and I'm really excited about these ones. We have two different types of flyers, and I know it's been um, explained, but just so you quickly know, the one without a backing, all right, the floppy one, is for Padbury, okay? So this is for our community that we are here. The one with the double backing is us introducing ourselves to our new neighbourhood. So this is where we go into um, flyer dropping into letterboxes and things like that around Um, Banksy Grove, Caramar, Tapping, all of those sorts of areas. So if you are able to fly a drop, I think there'll be some at the back of the hall. You can grab some then, but everyone at least grab one so you can invite somebody to our Christmas service, because there's always the group of people that won't come to church, but they'll come on Christmas, and then they're blessed on Christmas, and then they come every other church service. Amen. So we are excited now. The beginning of this year, um, the word for our church was expectation. So, and God was just saying this morning to me that we need to be expectant even when the word, when we have that word, when we're sitting, we need to position ourselves. We need to be expectant for the word of God to actually do something in us. Right? We're not sitting there like, come on, come on, God, what are you, what are you gonna tell me today? Or expecting the person up here to entertain us. It's okay, God, I wanna, I wanna receive this morning. And so let's be expectant this morning and for the remainder of this year as God speaks to us. And so let's invite Pastor Jacob as he preaches this morning and be expecting that God is going to speak to us. Come on, church, a bigger round of applause.
2: All right. Is everybody expectant? Then I think we need to expect more. You like that? When I saw Becky was saying, I was like, has Mel told Becky about what's going on here? And then I saw my lady and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be so good. Expect more. Expect more. The word for this year was expect or is, has been expect. And what I feel like God's saying to us is to expect more. There's a passage here in John 10.10 and I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullest until you overflow. God's saying, I came to give you more than you expect. There's a passage in Ephesians 3, uh, verse 20, and it says this, Now to him, it's talking about God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory uh, in the church and in Christ through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. But it says he's able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask, or imagine more than you can expect what we need to do is we need to l- raise our expector turn up your expector it's a thing probably wasn't before but now it is now where is a thing called an expector i've got a, there's a song remember that song i want to be a reflector shall i break it shall i start <coughs> some of us will remember a song i want to be a reflector now can change it to i want to be an expector oh gosh that was just prime dad jokes right there and you all just went right over your heads a good dad good dad joke will i want to be an expector now so what i want to do now is just get a little bit nuts and boltsy with, with uh god has got all this so much stuff for us and we've really got to recognize that the promises of god are just so you've got the promises in the word where God has got a general promise for us. Now, if you really want to get a good idea of what God wants your life to look like, I suggest reading perhaps Deuteronomy 28, the first part. Not the second part what he doesn't want it to look like. The first part of Deuteronomy 28 is what he does want it to look like. And it's these amazing, amazing promises. Like he says, I want you to be blessed going in, blessed coming out, going out, coming in in the city and the country. He says, You're always on top, never beneath. If anyone's having a go at you, if you're being persecuted by people, getting attacked, where people are coming in one direction, he says, They will scatter in seven. And this is the, and and God, it goes on and he talks about this life that he's got for us. And then we start to see these men and women in the Bible that carry this thing called the blessing, which is, it just, it's uh, like, to, to really properly understand it, uh, Jacob in the Bible chose this blessing over billions of dollars worth of physical inheritance. And, and this is, and, and what we start to realize is that we have this blessing and, and it's so rich and so full. Uh, and that's just generally for the body. That's everybody who's got faith in Christ, that's for you. Like And there's no ifs or buts about it. That's God says it's here, your inheritance as a child, as a co-heir with Christ, this is all part of what I have for you. And then there's specific things that God has for you. Those words he spoke to your heart, those words that the prophetic person spoke to you and and, your, and you, it resonated with you. It, it lined up with something you had already had an unction, what you're already thinking, or that thing where it, it, they were spoken to you and it just came alive. These, these specific promises that God's given you. And we... We... Expect it in one sense, but there's a difference between expecting in a passive sense and expecting in an active sense. Now, what if if you're expecting in a passive sense, really what's starting to happen there is you're hoping. Or it's like there's a passage that says that God feeds the birds. Do you know that? That God feeds the birds. But do you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't go and drop their little worms in their mouth. It's this concept of God does it, but you do it. God does it, but what it really is is you do it with him. There's a place where it says we're a co And I was in the prayer meeting this morning. I got the word colleague because that's what a co is. God's saying, I want you to be a colleague of mine. And, but, what this, but what it really comes down to is we have to cooperate with what God's doing essentially that's what it means is we have to cooperate with him and what I want to do I was reading um I was just uh in my quiet time the other day and I was reading uh, John's gospel and I was reading the story of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus and for those that don't know Jesus and Lazarus were mates same with his sisters they're all like hang it you know they're they're good friends and Lazarus became sick Now, I'm going to read from John chapter 11, and we'll start at verse 1, and we'll work work our way through this. Now, Lazarus was was sick. He was from Bethany, uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So, I've got a few points of how we can cooperate with God to see what we're expecting come to pass. The first thing, step number one is tell Jesus about your problem. We have another word for this. Pray. Pray. You got a problem? Pray. There's this wonderful passage in Galatians, and it says, don't worry, pray. And this is the very, very first part of cooperating with God, is praying, is letting him know what's going on in your life. Now, this is so paradoxical, like because God knows everything, It says he knows the number of hairs on your head. It says he knows everything that happens before it happens and all of these things. But still he requires us to tell him. Weird. I don't get it. Beside the point, so much of this stuff is you just have to do some things a certain way because God has made the world to work in a certain way. And part of all of this is you tell him what's going on. First thing. Now. Praying is not ordering. And we got it. this is one of the really, really fun parts of life and especially parts of a faith walk, is this God who calls us a colleague. I used to work with a guy, he owned like 12 bed shops. And when I say work with him, he used to say, tell people I work with you. When I'd introduce him to people, he's like, no, don't call me I'm my boss. He's like, tell them I work with you. I'm like, fine, I'll tell them whatever you like, but you're my boss. You're the one that pays my wages. You're the one that, you know, you're my boss, we, you know. And, but I'd go around and when I'd introduce him to people and it'd be, this is, oh, I, w- I work with this guy. And as much as you're a colleague of God's, he's the boss. He's still the boss. And he does things his way. You don't get to tell him how to solve the problem. You get to tell him what the problem is. He says, "I oh, will solve your problem. And then, that's and we've got to we have to live in the gap. Now, listen to this. A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Uh, sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. Speaking to Jesus, what's that called? Praying. Good. That's point one. They're doing that correctly. Good work, guys. Um, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so. Because he loved them, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. That was his response. His response to the prayer, because he loved these guys so much, was to do nothing for two days. I don't get it. I don't get it. He he was working in it and he actually did explain it as he wanted to prove a point. And he wanted to make a point, And he wanted to use these guys, his very good friends. Because he had this intimate relationship of trust, this intimate relationship where they knew his character, where they actually described his brother to Jesus as the one you love is sick. Because he had this really close connection with these guys, he's like, these are the people that I can use as an example. So what I'm going to do when they need me the most is nothing for two days. And then what happened? Lazarus died and he's dead for an extended period. So, Jesus, when he says he waits for two days, you also got to understand there's, there's no plane. They can't just catch the, you know, j- jump on the plane and, and go where they're going. And even though that this, the proximity of this is way too close to even need a plane, they don't have cars. So, just to get from point A to point B might just be 100Ks or 50Ks or whatever, which is like, you know, no worries. They're doing it by foot. So he waits two days and then he walks two days. This bloke's been dead four days when he gets there. It's like, hey, like, and I just wonder how often we have Jesus rock up and the problem has been dead for four days. And I wonder, and this is where I think Jesus used this family because his connection with them was so strong. This, this relationship and this history of trust that he developed with them. When I talked about this girl washing, he, he's, uh, putting perfume on his feet, we, we understand that this, this was a lady that was saved out of some really steep sin. This was a, a, a person who was living in every sense of the word, absolutely polar to the, the, the call that God had on her. So and Jesus has saved her from that. He's forgiven her. He's publicly redeemed her. He's, he's elevated her to, but back to a, a, a functioning community member. We've got some of those in our, house, in our house here, people that have been raised out of the gutter to people that are contributing members of society, people that are looked up to even. He's done that to them. And so he gets to their house and he's like, hey guys, I'm here. And they're like, they're, they're all, they're like, I'm glad you're here, man, but this it dude's dead. It's too late. And then Jesus gets upset. <laughs> like, not just, this cracks me up. This is, Jesus gets there finds out the guy's dead, which he already knew because he told his disciples the guy's dead days ago. He gets there, knows he's going to raise him from the dead. It's the whole point of the activity. He cries. And this is one of the most amazing paradoxes that we've got the God of the universe, who is the power that is, meets you where you are with your emotion. He, he, He knows what you're going. He'll actually... The the scripture says he bottles your tears. He bottles your tears. That that every tear you cry, he's got a journal of your pain. And he meets you there. Even though he's God, he meets you there. And and we're at this point where John chapter 11 verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. So he's got to the house and he's like, take me there. Take Take me to the tomb. Uh, It was a cave with a stone across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he's been there four days. Point two, in seeing the promises of God come to pass in your life, is when he says to take away the stone, we have to let him experience the stink He says, he's been dead four days. It stinks, man. And you know what? Jesus is like, take away the stone anyway. There is a requirement of vulnerability. It is a requirement. In engaging with God in a way that he can get in and do the miracle that he wants to do in and through your life, There is a level of honesty required. And very often, that honesty, what really is going on, stinks very badly. But can I tell you that it's not a secret to him. It's not a surprise to him. He already knows. The person who really doesn't know, in my experience, when God asks me to roll away the stone, is me. When I'm rolling away this stone, very often to me, very often then I'm like, wow, God, I stink. (laughs) This is bad. And I can see it now in your light, whereas before I thought it was just a little, you know, a little nothing much of a thing. And it turns out it's actually a massive selfishness. It's a massive point where I'm like, God, I don't trust you. Or it's a massive point where it's like, God, I don't care. I just want what I want and I want it now and it stinks and we have to get to a point in god in our connection with god in our relationship with him if we're going to see what he wants to do in our life now this is actually a tripping point this is a stall point in the miracle of god taking place in your life this is a stall point god will wait just as long do you think jesus cared that it'd been four days do you reckon he was any more limited if it had been four weeks Like, dead's dead, man. Stinking means it's already starting to fester, it's starting to get bad, there's a little bit of, you know, eating away and there's bits gone and maybe the eyes are all like, you know, there's children in the service so we won't get too detailed. (laughs) You know, the old fish head sitting there starting to go off a bit in the, you know, that's all starting to happen here. you think it's any different if it's four weeks? This is like deep in the realm of needing a creative miracle. There's a place in Ezekiel, in, the, uh, in the, the prophets writing in Ezekiel where, where, where God takes his guy to dry bones and he says, speak to these bones and he commands bones to come back to life. He's not limited by how bad things get. This stone is a stall point. If you don't let God, if you don't get real with God, if you don't open up and let God in to see the stink, smell the stink in your life, Get real, admit what's going on, stop defending yourself, stop justifying your behaviour. There's this saying, see, what you justify, you buy. You don't get rid of what you ha- what you think, what you try and convince yourself and convince God is okay. Well, it stays, if it's okay, then what am I doing here? God's like, carry right along with your stinky self, like the rotten fish I'm going along, because... This is a stall point where God actually wants us to get real with you. really wants us to get real with him. The sister said no, no. Essentially, she said no. She's like, um, no. Jesus is like, roll away the stone. She's like, ah, no. And then she explains why. It's too much for you, Jesus. You don't want to deal with what's going on in my family right now. You don't want to see what's really happening in my life at the moment. Roll away the stone. Have no, have no secrets between you and God. Yeah. Have, have nothing between you and God. He, he sees it all anyway. He sees it all anyway. This is, i tell you what, for someone who's been really messed up and had an amazing journey of God working and is still reasonably messed up, not like a was, i got to work to go. But, what I'm talking here, what I'm saying is you might as well walk with God, admitting your problem that you're not letting go of. God, I've got this problem. I'm not letting go of it, but here it is. And you're walking around dragging your like, rotted half leg along, your fish eyeballs hanging out, but you're letting God know about it. You're not willing to work on it just yet. That's cool. Let's just bring it into the communication. Let's just address the elephant in the room. Let God know what's going on here. And then what will start to happen, what starts to happen is your heart changes, God gets to work. Why? Because you prayed. Remember? You prayed. You rolled away the stone and then he starts to work. And before you know it, that thing that you just couldn't want to let go of, all of a sudden it's just losing its grip. Sometimes, like for me with, I was set free from drug addiction instantly like instantly. I just lost all desire for it. It was just I remember it was just like one day I just was like, no. Two days later there were people smoking around me, some drugs and everything. I'm like, I'm not interested. No, thank you, Jesus. Other people, Pastor Melissa will tell you her journey was progressive. It was a big it was it was progressive. It was step by step, small, slow, slow, small. And then before a long way down the road, all of us where she realizes it's gone. Sometimes it's boom. Sometimes it's it. Let God in. Let God in. Number three. Point number three. Now, when he had said this, Jesus called. So they rolled away the stone. Jesus called out in a loud voice, "Lazarus, come out!" The dead man came out. John eleven forty three. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. Point three is come out. Take action. Just do it even when you're not ready. Even when you're not ready, just do the little bit you can. All this bloke could do was come out. (laughs) Sometimes all you can do is get to church. That's all you can do. And I love it when I see people in church that still smell a grog, have durry outside before they come in, have to pop out halfway because they need another ciggy. I love it. They are my very favourite people in church. They are my favourite people in church. They came. Man, they came. Sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes God's calling you to take your next step. Sometimes God is calling you to take your next step and it might be to come and share a testimony like we saw Melissa do this morning. And you're like, well, God, I have not done, I am not an eloquent speaker, as Moses said. But they took their step. Sometimes you've just got to do it. Even when you're not ready, Number four is take off the grave clothes. John 11.44 says this, The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes after you step out, who knows that Jesus did a restorative miracle on the man. His rotten fish eyeball was, was healed. His four days of decay was... He didn't do nothing to the wrap, to the linen that was on him. You ever wrapped a fish in, like, newspaper? It's a pretty seedy thing. This is like linen that was wrapped around a guy four days. He's come out effectively looking like a mummy. And Jesus is like, okay, unwrap him. We have to be okay with the fact it's going to be a process. We have to come, and, and this is a two sided thing. It also means we need the family, we need the body. You aren't going to be able to come out and just get on with this, what, what God's got for your life, this promise that He's got for you. You can't get it by yourself. It's going to require people helping you, it's going to require people speaking into your life. Pointing out your blind spots. It's going to require people unwrapping you. Last thing, if you're going to see the promises that God's given you come to pass in your life, this these promises that God says are more than you can even wrap your head around, more than you could ask or imagine. These things that he's telling you to expect. If you're going to see him come to pass, John eleven forty four 44 says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It says, let him go. Let him go. If you're going to see... These promises come to pass in your life. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. You have to let your identity that's tied to your past go. You have to let the things that who you were go. You are no longer that person. You have to let it go. You are a new creation. Stop. I'm not saying we don't look to the past and say, God saved me from that and that's awesome. But you're not that person anymore. That's the old man. That's the past. That is dead and buried. Behold, Corinthians says, the new has come. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. At some point if you're going to step into this life that God has got for you, you have to let it go. You have to let it go. And I just think too many of us have got so much tied to our past. So much. Where God says that was three chapters back and you're hanging on to it. You're hanging on to the hurt. You're hanging on to the disappointment. You're hanging on to the injustice. Trust me to heal it. Don't stress it. Trust me. Step out. What was in the past is in the past. Let it go. You can't go forward if you're hanging on to the past. And this is the most important part of us taking a hold of these amazing things that God is asking us to expect. This more that he's asking us to expect is to let it go. And I just had every head bowed and every eye closed because pretty soon we're going to have some water baptisms and this is awesome, about the best thing in life, especially as a minister, we, we, we live for this. This is, it's almost like One of the things, one of the most important things of why we do what we do. And what these guys are going to do is, the scripture says that as they step into this water, they're going to go under the water. That water is going to wash them clean. More than any physical bath could ever do. And this is just tap water from out the side. I saw the hose fill it. And so it's this. God's doing more than what's happening in the natural, and they're going to go under the water, going to wash them clean. It says that while they're down there, they're being buried with Christ. The old life is going, they're going to be lifted out of the water. And what the scripture tells us is as they come out, they come out in power, they are being raised with Christ, they're being raised a new creation. They're being raised into a new life. And I don't understand how it works, but it happens twice. That exact thing happens twice. And God somehow through his infinite power does it. I I don't understand exactly. But it happens once when you're doing it in the water. But it happens the first time is when you make a decision to follow Christ when you ask him to wash you clean. So with every head bowed right now, I've spoke about this expectation that God asks us to have. In fact, he says, expect more. The first thing he wants to do is introduce himself to you. He wants to take you, make you new, make you clean and to begin a new life with Him. We're going to pray a simple prayer as a church and if you would like to start that journey with Christ, I would invite you to join us. I'm just going to lead us in this prayer and I'd invite you just to repeat after me. Let's all, a whole church would love you to join in. Just repeat after me, guys. Dear God, today, I choose to live for you. Forgive me for living life my own way. Wash me clean. Help me to walk with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today, I decide to become a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So with every head still bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, God did a miracle in your heart. He says He moved you from death to life. If you in the house or if you're online and you pray that for the first time, I would love to be able to connect with you If you're here, can you do me a favor and just lift your hand high in the air just while nobody's looking around? I'd love to be able to pray with you after the service. Just one moment longer. If you're online, please let us know in the comments or DM us. We will get in touch with you and get some resources to you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for us as a church to expect more and to cooperate with God so we can receive the more. Lord, I thank you that your plans for our our lives are amazing, that they're bigger than we can even comprehend. Lord, help us to expect more. Open our minds, Lord God. Open our eyes. But don't stop there, God. I pray for a grace on this church, on this body, a grace on us, Lord, to cooperate with you to receive the more. We want more, God. Lord, that you would help us to be people who bring our problems to you. People who let you see the real us. Bold enough to take action. Bold enough to do the hard yards. And bold enough to just to leave the past in the past, God. And step into what you've got for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, I just invite you to your feet. I just want us to worship. We're going to spend some time with God and just let him minister this word to you. If anyone wants prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. If anyone needs healing in your body or you've got a family situation or anything going on, we'd love to pray with you. let just invite you to come forward and we'll pray with you personally. Let's just worship church. Let's just do business with God.
4: Do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, I will make room, I will make room for you. This is my
2: surrender. I'm a you. Oh, Thank you, Lord. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. We love you so much, God, and I thank you for the miracle that you've done in our lives, the miracle that you're continuing to do in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you want to do more for us than that we can even understand that we want. Help us is to hear you, Lord. Help us to cooperate with you. Help us to expect more, God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hey, um, guys, we have a real special privilege right now. We've got two amazing, amazing uh, people who are going to be going through the waters of baptism. So, what we're going to do. You have no idea how much effort it took to get this water right here. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to invite Nathan and Capri just to come down. Are you coming? No. she? Okay. Is she coming down? Alright, I've got Capri and Nathan. And we're going to, what I'd love is for all of us just to support them as we... Uh, as we just do this amazing, amazing part of their journey.
1: Fantastic. Who's going to go first? Nathan. Oh, ladies first. Caprice. Nathan, you're going to go first. God's done an incredible work in Nathan's life just in the past six months and um, it's absolutely awesome to see. You know, the Bible says in uh, Matthew, it says to go... Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching everything I command you, and I'll be with you to the end of age.